everybody uh welcome i'm just gonna jump right into it um this is in particular for if you are dealing with a situation that revolves around other people uh, and you feel like it's a stressful situation and you're not quite sure how to handle it um, so this is really good for handling uh, relationship conflicts um, if there's some type of ongoing problem that you just feel stuck on how to deal with i think that this will provide a lot of value for you and it's a simple little three-step process uh, that I just used with a client last night that worked really well. Um, if you guys are new to our online community, uh, my name is Ty Hicks, founder of mentalhealthcoaching.com and the SSS Conditioning Method, and we put free content out there each week to make sure that you get the skills and tools you need to have the mental health that you really deserve to have. And uh, we uh, specialize in helping people who've not gotten great results with therapy or medications um, to get their mental health really where they want it to be, typically in about three months or so. Um, so to jump right in on the training today, um, I'm going to give a little background. So this uh, was born out of um, a session that I had um, originally, probably about a year ago, maybe six to 12 months ago. I've returned to this framework several times. I just used it most recently last night, and then I realized I've never released this to the public in any sort of way, so I wanted to do that. So the basics of the situation to keep the details anonymous, of course, is that this client of mine uh, recently had her, uh, her parents move into her home. So she's an adult woman and um, she had her parents move into her home. And my client herself has a young child around, you know, around between the ages of eight and 12. And the, her child, uh, you know, was just a typical child of that age, can kind of get hyper and hyperactive from time to time. And so her child was playing around the home and, you know, kind of making a bunch of noise and things of that nature and was getting on the nerves of her uh, father. And then her father said, uh, you know, kind of snapped at her son in a very inappropriate way. And so she was a little unsure how to handle the situation because she felt a sense of strain about confronting her father about it, um, but she knew also that she couldn't let that dynamic stand, right? She knew that she couldn't allow her father to continue to have a pattern of talking to her son that way, and she needed to figure out how to address it. And so she was all, you know, dealing with a lot of stress around it. She really wished that her father hadn't done what he had done, and she just wasn't exactly sure what to do. So, um, what I told her to do is I said, look, let's get a piece of paper out and let's go ahead and fill out three buckets um, of information. And that's why I call this exercise is the three buckets exercise. Okay. So the three buckets are number one, what are all of the things that you can control in this situation? Number two, what are all the things that you cannot control, but you can influence in the situation? And then number three, what are all of the things that you can neither control nor influence about the situation? Okay, now a little background on this framework. The reason why I encourage people to do this framework is in a situation like this, it's very tempting for us to have our mind spin and cycle again and again and again, trying to figure out how we can control the things that are actually outside of our control. So for example, you know, she knew that her dad had some of these personality tendencies 
and she knew that a big reason why her dad had a tendency to snap and be short is because he grew up in a pretty challenging environment as a child. And so she knew that fundamentally it wasn't really her son's fault that, you know, her father had snapped at him, but she knew she had to do something to rectify it. And so what I had her do is we first of all filled out the things that she can't control and she can't influence. And so we put her father's childhood was one of those things, right? You, you know, we said, well, look, you just can't influence nor control the childhood that he had. It's just not going to happen. Uh, we also put on there the past as in, you know, she can no longer control or influence the fact that her father did snap at her son. And so a lot of times our mind will want to really just fixate on the past and things that we can't control. But the more we focus on what we can't control, the more disempowered we feel. The more disempowered we feel, the less action we will take to improve the situation. Right? And then what we did is we filled out all of the things that she can control. And this list is always longer than people like to believe that it is. So a lot of times it's easy for us to get into our head and think, oh, well, I just can't control anything about the situation. But yes, you can. So very often the biggest, most important things that you can control are the things that are internal choices, meaning you get to control how you perceive things and how you mentally choose to respond to things, right? So some things that we can always control in just about any type of situation would be number one, what you focus on, right? So we realized that if she just focused on how mad she was at her dad, or how annoyed she was with her son, that wasn't really going to help. If she just focused on the fact that it happened in the past, that's not going to help. But if she focused on what is the outcome that she really desires to take place in the family unit going forward, if she focused on how can she use this as an opportunity to bridge the gap between her father and son, if she focused on how can she use this as an opportunity to shape the collective values of the family, Right? All of those focuses could empower her. So simply a change of focus is a choice that we always have and can be a very consequential choice. Another choice that we always have, something that we can control, is what we tell ourselves about a situation. So she could keep telling herself, you know, why did my dad do this and why couldn't he just do it this way? But that's going to disempower her. Right? So we can literally change. Sometimes the most important choice we can make is the words that we actually use to talk to ourselves and about a situation. So that can become a very big um, change, right? That will be empowering to us. A related thing that we can control is what we choose to believe about the situation, right? So it would have been easy for her to simply adopt a belief of, oh, well, my dad's just a dick, right? But she didn't do that, right? What she chose to believe is my father was is having a tough time adjusting to the new living situation and he had a troubled childhood, which is why his personality is the way that it is. That belief empowers her to approach the situation very differently than if she just simply believed, well, my father is a narcissist or, you know, something like that. So what we focus on, what we tell ourselves, what we believe, those are all things that are in our, our control. Number four, of course, is she gets to control how she responds to the situation, right? She gets to control if she goes and talks to her son, if she goes and talks to her father, if she brings them both together, if she insists on an apology, Right? There's different strategies. There's always different actions that we can take to get different outcomes in our life. 
the world revolves on inputs and outputs. So if she doesn't like the outputs that she's getting, she can change the inputs and get a very different result. So that was something that's in her control as well. Um, and there were, you know, we broke down a lot of other super specific things like, uh, you know, she could control uh, her son's routine. So maybe there's a way for her to make sure that her son doesn't uh, get under her father's skin so much, um, you know, things of that nature, right? Simple, basic things. So we listed out a big, long list of options of things that she can control. We clarified the things that she could not control and she cannot influence. And then in the middle bucket, we also wrote down the things that she cannot control, but she can influence. And this is a really important part of the process because as it pertains to relationships, you cannot control relationships. You cannot control how somebody else responds to you. You cannot control what they focus on or what they tell themselves or what they believe or how they treat other people. But you can influence that dramatically. And so this is the world that I live in all the time as a coach, right? I cannot control what my clients do. I cannot make them do anything. But the entire fascination I've had over the course of my career is learning really powerful skills of ethical influence where I can empower people to make decisions that help them, right? And so very often I have a person who wants to go one way that's really going to hurt them and cause them to have a bad impact on their life and I need them to go this other way. I can't force them to do it. But if if I get all hell bent on why won't they just do what I want them to do, right? In other words, if I try to control something that I can't control, I can only influence, I am going to become less influential. I'm just going to get irritated and frustrated and burnt out and upset and I'm not going to be a very effective leader in a situation like that. But if I remember wait a minute, I can't control my client's behavior, but I can influence it. What can I do to influence their behavior? Then that all of a sudden makes me more effective as a leader. It causes me to be more flexible, causes me to utilize more skills, causes me to become a better communicator, causes me to be more compassionate and empathetic and relate to them and their wants and needs and fears. And so by helping us clarify for my client, look, you can't control your father's behavior or your son's behavior, but you can heavily influence it, right? That became a really opening, a really powerful doorway for us to open in her mind because it gave us this opportunity to explore, well, what could you do to more effectively influence your dad or your son, right? And then we started having a whole big in-depth conversation about how she could you know, relate to her dad in a different way and how she could go and approach the conversation where it didn't have to seem like a big confrontation, but she could effectively, you know, uh, get her father to desire to apologize to her son and make things right. Okay. So the reason I like this three buckets exercise is again, people's mind tends to spin around wanting to control things that are outside of their control. And when you try to control things that are outside of your control, you actually become less powerful to deal with the situation than you could be if you simply clarified the things that are in your control and are not. And as a general rule of thumb, you want to spend as much time and energy as you possibly can on the things that you can control. You want to spend the next largest portion of your time and energy on the things that you can influence, but you can't control. 
And on the things that you can neither influence nor control, you want to spend zero time and zero energy because it will only cause you stress and disempower you and make you that much more likely to be overly reactive and have a short fuse with other people. So my recommendation to you is if you are dealing with any type of stress with a uh, situation as it pertains to other people in particular, it could also be, you know, I'll give you some other examples where this uh, exercise would work well. Like say you work at a company and the company is going through some changes right now and you don't really agree with all of the changes, then it would be a very worthwhile thing for you to do this. So go through the three buckets. What can I control? What can I influence? What can I neither control nor influence? Oh, and by the way, um, there's one final step of this process too, which is you want to define what is the outcome that you want, right? Because otherwise your mind will just keep spinning around all of the things that you dislike about the situation is right now. So clarify those three buckets and then ask yourself, what is the outcome I really want? So in my client's example, right, the outcome that we kind of came up with is she wanted to make her, and it can be multiple outcomes, but you know, one of them was she wanted to make sure her son knew that he hadn't really done anything wrong. She wanted to make sure that her father really felt comfortable and loved and supported in his new living arrangement. And number three, she wanted to make sure that her son and grand and father, uh, his grandfather, felt very comfortable around each other, right? That there wasn't any ongoing bad blood or anything of that nature. And so we then came up with a simple plan of how she was going to get that done, right? And so I think what we arrived at is she was going to go talk to both of them individually and, um, you know, handle it that way, say different things, plan out what she was going to say to both of them, and then go have those conversations. All right. So that's in essence, what you would want to do, clarify those three buckets and then figure out what's the outcome that you want. So if it's a work situation, for example, um, I use this three buckets and example in a different situation with a client and she essentially was not happy with um, what management was doing and the direction that the company was going in. So we clarified the three buckets and then we clarified, well, what is the outcome that you really want, right? And the outcome that she said that she wanted was she wanted to do everything in her power to get the company to prioritize a certain set of outcomes instead of what they were currently prioritizing, right? And that's a really good way to language the outcome because we're not languaging the outcome based off of something that she can't control, right? We didn't say the outcome she desires is for the company to change its direction completely. She doesn't have control over that. What she does have control over is she's done everything in her power to lead the company in the direction she thinks it should go in, right? And so that became a much more powerful thing. And we mapped out okay, well, things that she can influence is, you know, her boss's behavior and her boss's belief system. And, you know, things that she can control is how she talks to other people on her team about the issues, right? All that type of stuff. Okay. So anyway, clarify those three buckets, clarify the outcome it is that you really want for yourself. And then lastly, of course, come up with a plan to actually get that outcome. Okay. So um, I'd love to, of course, as always, hear your comments or thoughts. Let us know how we can support you. And if you ever need more advanced help at any time, go ahead, reach out to us at mentalhealthcoaching.com and we'll be happy to assist, okay? So thanks guys for being a part of our community and um, we hope this content serves you and I'll be excited to see you next week. Take care, bye.